Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. All right, guys, just a quick warning. Today's podcast... Uh, hasn't quite gone to plan. Can I say something, Matt? It was <laughs> So, um, we've had a few technical difficulties today. Just just what's happened. Uh, also, me and Guy have struggled to, to talk through this podcast. So, we apologise in advance, but stay tuned to the end, because I think we could make it up to you. But you've got to find out at the end what that might be. Golden carrot at the end. Yeah, it was a weird one. There was a few technical difficulties. I'm not sure if the listeners and the viewers will kind of spot. Hopefully we can kind of edit it out. But if it's not edited out and it's a bit weird, we apologise. If it's not our normal six out of ten. Felt flat at parts, I'll be honest. In fact, don't listen. (laughs) I wouldn't listen. I'd turn it off now and save yourself an hour of your time. It's crap. (laughs) Or I'm a double bluffing. I'm a double bluffing. I don't know. I'll let you, we'll let you be the judges of well, that. Well, also as well, some of our hardcore listeners, Rick, pride themselves on being in the clubhouse. They were as a badge of honour. Now, like any relationship, there's highs, there's lows, there's good times, there's bad. If you want to be in the clubhouse, you have to listen to every second of every episode, even if it's not the best ever. I actually don't think this episode's as bad as you think it's well, going to be. Well, maybe it's not. But if you want to be in the clubhouse, you have to listen to it all anyway. Either way, let us know if it's good or bad. Tweet or us, Facebook us, do whatever, sit back and enjoy the... the calamity of errors that take place in this podcast we did talk about the saudi golf league so that's good interesting enjoy <laughs> hi great good at least we've got that in i forgot what i was going to say then <laughs> say hi this could be the start uh what a morning it's <laughs> that's been actually the start this yeah. is the start of the rick shields golf show podcast uh, episode 117 uh it's been stressful today guy i know and i've just had a foot long subway so i'm either gonna be flying now or crash and burn we've had we're having a little bit of work done to the studio at rain we're actually building a slight other studio and uh it's messed with everything so today, we were hoping to come in nice and early, get the podcast boxed off, but either way, it's now in the afternoon. But hey, you don't need to know that. Can we blame someone? Uh, I'd feel better if we blame put it on someone. Anybody but us. Yeah, so Matt and Harry? Anybody? Matt. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> well, today, Rick, is an absolute jam-packed, action-packed, content-packed, and banter-packed show. It's wow. Packed, um, because the benefit of the podcast taking ages to get set up... We've really structured a show. We've actually put some notes down. We have, and there's a lot of notes. So first things first, we've had a great uptake in ticket sales for the live podcast show, which is amazing. It's great, but it could be better. There's a few left to sell. So if you are interested in coming watch us live in London at the live podcast show, which is Saturday, the 28th of May. Yes. At doors open at 630 
Probably more like 7.30, we'll stroll out. Rick's gonna, you said you're going to have three beers before it starts, at least. Three beers. And that, that, listen, that could easily get to five. It could. I, I'd love you to get bladdered and mess it all up. That'd be so good. <laughs> I'd welcome that to the show. Um, yeah, so that'd be good. Um, but yeah, if you want tickets, we will put a link. If you watch this on YouTube, there'll be a link in the description and as a pinned comment. If you're listening on Spotify, your Apples, etc., there is a description box below where the tickets will be there. So get a ticket. Buy quick before it sells out. Um... I feel like we've got a lot of golf to talk about today. We, we have got a lot, um, a hell of a lot. Firstly, have you had a week? Let's just, before we get into that, let's just get people to wait a little bit. Okay. Have you had a good weekend? It's been a busy weekend, and and sometimes busy weekends lead more to a hectic week. Okay. Like a chilled out, nice little relaxed weekend. I start Monday like, yeah, here mm-hmm. we go, I'm ready to go. This weekend's been chocker. Kids. Uh, lots of socialising. Yeah. Lots of kids, lots of boozing. That's what I do. Rick Shields. And uh, because of that, I feel like today's been a little bit like, ah. Mm. I feel like everyone's a little bit like, maybe you were. No, no, you said you had a busy weekend as well. Yeah, I really, I had about four sides this weekend. So I think today's a little bit of a write off, but never mind. Start the week tomorrow. Um, New diet, new mind, (laughs) new all that. But yeah, no, it's been a a nice weekend. Um, Trying to think if I've done anything in particular. I played golf. Yes. I played three rounds of golf on Saturday. Well, I think of the exercise and the fresh air making you feel so good about yourself. Mm, <laughs> slight problem with that. <laughs> I did it uh, at home, probably 10 beers deep. Oh, wow. So bought this new thing. Well, we have brought it to the office a few times, Oculus Quest 2. It's like a VR headset. Yes. It's unbelievable. And it's not an advert. It's not a paid post. I paid for the device. If Facebook want to sponsor the podcast, though, that would be great. Yes, please. Uh, Doing the podcast in the metaverse. But honestly, this golf game that's on it is ridiculous. So me and my mate who plays golf, he came around. They actually stayed at our house, the the whole family. So there were six kids at our house at the weekend. They've got three. We've got three. Four adults. Kids played, whatever. Did what they wanted. Wrecked the place. And we just drank and played golf. Me and my pal. It's very... I'm not a huge gamer, and I had a little go of it, and weirdly, I'm a bit pathetic. I felt sick playing, but I can see the potential there, and I feel like in the future, if this keeps evolving, which I'm sure it will, obviously, it's going to be a strange world we live in. <laughs> That's weird. My mate who just messaged who I played with has just texted me. Once again tonight, mate. Tr- trying to guess today's uh, Wordle. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but honestly, what what's mad about it is like you're in it, and you're in this VR world, and if you've not tried it before, I definitely recommend if you can get your, get your hands on a, on a headset. Give it a couple of minutes in the game and you forget that you're in a game. Yeah. Like you, you think this is real world. It's so bizarre. It's That's so the, weird. We said this in a few years' time, it will literally be a case of people will be like, Have you played Augusta? And you're like, Oh yeah. And it'll be like in VR and it'll yeah. be so accurate and so real. Yeah. And then the other thing that you said you've watched some YouTube on there, there will be this won't be very far off now, I imagine, the next three, four, five years where you will literally be at the old course yeah. at Augusta watching the golf in real time yeah. as if you're literally sat in the grandstand. Yeah. I even think for like things like football mm. or F1, you know, all the sports that I'm into, badminton, <laughs> you can imagine having, <laughs> having these VR sets placed in the crowd and suddenly you can turn to your mate you and me have got VR headsets on, but we're not together, but we're at the same venue. It, and I can turn yeah. to you and go, hey guy, what's what's happening? Oh, did you... It's it, the thing is it's though great, it's the scary. world it is the world we live in right now. Obviously, we need social media for what we're doing and stuff. But it does also worry me. Like last weekend, not this one, just gone the one before. Went to this, like cool kind of like um, restaurant place in Liverpool, and next to us there was a group of like four lads who they looked like they'd been on one hell of a night. It's just Sunday they'd had one hell of a night out, and they were sat there all absolutely dying with like gallons of water in front of them and soft drinks and stuff. And every single one of them was glued to the phone yeah. for about forty five minutes, not speaking. And you think, like, I'm sure the other night before they had a great night out and did speak, obviously, loads then. But if that was, like, 10, 15 years ago, the same group of lads would be sat there chatting about the night before and having and, and engaging. And now we're just all, and I'm as bad as anybody, we're glued to our phones. If it gets to the point we don't have to even leave our house to go and play golf, it's going to be weird. I, I bought it as a way of figuring out what the future may hold for a device like this. Yeah. Like, even just chatting, we, I brought it into the office and we've all had a little go of it. I feel like the potential is incredible. I don't quite know what it's going to lead to yet, but it could lead to like VR golf lessons. It could it could be VR meetups. Like I could have a challenge against another player from around the globe, whoever that may be. 
I almost think as well, there's a setting on it now. I found this out the other day. You don't even need the remotes. You can put the remotes down and it can see your hands. So even if like you're moving your hands, like it'll almost see you holding a golf club. Yeah. It's, it's madness. It's weird. Anyway, uh, that's, that's all I did this weekend. So I played three rounds of golf uh, on VR. Chopped it still. Still played terrible. Still couldn't chip or putt. But anyway. That's accurate then. <laughs> I'll tell you what's weird though. I, so yesterday I went to a little baby's first birthday party with my wife and it was some of her friends. Or my friends as well now, I should say. And one of the dads there, he likes his golf, plays golf. So our, our standard conversation always goes towards golf. And he watches the channel. Nice. He's, a, he's a, a, a loose fan, I would say. <laughs> But what was really funny was... I feel like I was a dig. <laughs> no, 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 like, he was a fan, but he's not, like, an absolute hardcore, yeah, yeah. like, watch every video. And he was saying um, that he'd watched the Costco ball video. So everyone listening, hopefully, watched that last week, those Costco Kirkland V2 golf balls that were very good. And what was weird about it was, I, I, he completely, you know, again, he, that's why I said he's a fan, respects what you do, etc. One of the things he said to me that stood out was, were they actually that good? And somebody else said that to me again the other day, I can't remember who it was now. But what's weird is people aren't for one second questioning, like, you... But it's almost like they still can't quite believe it. And I was like, yeah, I said, truthfully, I said, I rolled a few putts with Rick. They feel like a pro V1. I was there for all this testing. The data was obviously what you saw. The durability was fantastic. They were literally that good. Yeah. And people still, not doubt it, but they almost still can't believe it. it. it it's that it's that line and they, still, they can't believe it. Yeah. So I'm part of a, of a lad's WhatsApp group. The lads who I went <clears throat> and played JCB with when I won my trophy oh, yeah. last year, no big deal. Um, and... Even they te- what a couple of lads texted me in that, like, was that Costco ball that good? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to Costco. I'm going to go and buy, like, three dozen of those golf balls now. And, and some of the stores, and I don't know if this was influenced from the video or not, some stores have, like, pretty much sold out of those co- Costco golf balls. Well, the thing is, for a pound a ball, this is what you got to remember. Like, if you play golf with the Pro V1, whatever it might be, TB5, and it's quite literally pretty much four pound a ball, in this wet weather now, it's plug-in, etc. If you're losing three, four balls around, it is expensive, isn't it? It's the first time, and I've tested a few Kirkland balls before, it's the first time that I couldn't really give it any any negative feedback. Well, yeah. Across the board, it ticked what, every category. What's interesting, though, is there must be a golf brand making them for Costco. 100%. There's no way that, obviously, we know it costs millions of dollars to set up a golf ball plant to make a good golf ball, the irony that goes into it. So they can't be doing that themselves. I just I just can't believe it. So who is it making them, do you think? But so many of these golf brands actually use a golf ball manufacturer to make well, their yeah. balls. So it's actually more the manufacturer that that maybe comes up with the technology yeah. or, or has certain patents or whatever it may be. So when they run out, someone like, I mean, why can't we go to one of those manufacturers as a Rick Shields golf ball? That's a good idea. And, and kind of go, right, this is roughly what I'd want. Have you got any patents that we can buy and make that golf ball and go, oh yeah, we can do that for you. Watch this space. 99p a golf ball. Yes. We're going to undercut Kirkland. And it's been designed, it can't go left. Just curls off a little slight Just a little fade. tiny baby fade. Yeah. Goes 280 every time. I'd like Perfect. that. But also, the other thing on that as well, and as I'm saying this now, I've lost my train of thoughts, bear with me. Um, I think I'm losing it. Balls? It was about balls. Okay. Yeah. That's... <laughs> it was, um, Oh, that's really frustrating. Do you ever do that? Yeah, loads all the time. Not done it for a while on the podcast, though. I'm going to keep talking. Hope I can think about what I was going to say. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah, they had it again. What the heck? I literally, as I was about to say, oh, yeah, I had it, and now I've lost it again. Do you want to, do you want to press reset? Right, let, let it's me like think. all the cameras in this in the studio today. They've not been working. It's basically about a Costco ball. It can't be that exciting. But durability, spin, price. Availability. I feel like it was. Oh, I nearly had it again. Oh my god! I know I have to walk out the room. This is this is the problem having a foot long subway. It's too much that, isn't it? A foot long meatball marinara with cheese. Meatballed as well, <laughs> coincidentally. Um, I yeah, don't know. Anyway, so they were good for anybody asking. They were pretty good. I, I was as shocked as most people. Yeah, you really. I'm really. That's really annoyed you, aren't it? Matt, you have to bleep that. Blame Matt as again. Um, no, I don't want to carry on this podcast. I don't remember what I was talking about. This could be a long pause, this. And I keep coughing as well. <coughs> anyway, if it comes back to me... Wait I'll, and see if it comes back to me. Uh, right, wait. I was thinking about Costco balls. I was vision, p- picturing them in store. Oh, and then it again. What the heck is it? Okay, I finally remember what I was going to say. Okay, It's go not on. even that great. But when you think of the big brands, your Titleist, your TaylorMade, TaylorMade's one I'll use an example. They spend millions and millions of dollars on sponsoring athletes. Ah, uh, So if you, look at the, if you look at the TaylorMade roster, you've got Rory. Yeah. DJ. Yeah. You've got Sergio, you've got your Tommies, you've got your Matt Wolves, you've got your Marikawas. They only need paying big bucks to use that golf ball. 
big, big money. Big dollar. Whereas with Kirkland, they're not spending anything really on advertising at all. Even just in the store, they've just got it there you can buy. I don't think you can do adverts no. anyway. So obviously that massive, massive spend, that saving is passed on to the consumer. So it's, it, it, although it seems very cheap, one pound a golf ball, which it is, when you think about it, it does actually kind of make sense. Yeah, because they've they've saved costs yeah. elsewhere. But it's not only just Kirkland, like Vice golf balls yeah. like that as There's well. a lot of these brands now, isn't there? Yeah, like I've Snell. tested a few now that are like, because they don't spend all this money, like you say, sponsoring athletes. Because I really like the Bridgestone ball, but the Bridgestone ball's expensive because guess what? They've got to pay Ty Gordes. They've got to pay Matt Cucci. They've got to pay Bryson DeChambeau. Yeah. Like, that, that's not cheap to pay for that type of player. So, um, yeah, no, anyway, long story short, it's a decent ball. Um, and and I always, what I like about ball reviews typically is if somebody ever wanted to try a driver, you know, if if I did a review of a driver, they're like, oh, yeah, that looks good. That's right up my street. To be able to actually test it or buy it is an expensive feat, isn't it? Yeah. Four or 500 quid. Where for golf ball, it's like, yeah, go on then. I'll give it a go. Because, like, two dozen there was 24 quid. That's pretty good. Stop breaking the bank. No, it's just a worth trying or whatever it may be. Anyway, in more pressing news. We've got some huge news that, obviously, today, we're recording this is Monday. This will be out Tuesday. We may put this podcast clip on um, YouTube today, on Monday anyway. But the SGL, this kind of Saudi golf league. The breakaway league. The breakaway. Well, there's been, this kind of started for us just over two years ago. So there's been a couple of these breakaway leagues been spoken about recently. And the first of which was the PGL, the yeah. Premier Golf League, that we did kind of an exclusive interview with Andy Gardner, who was kind of the CEO and the, the front man of the um, PGL. And if you think back to that, that was very much this kind of, again, a breakaway league that was going to be a more, more like an F1-style format. We'd have individual tournaments, but there'd also be teams as well within that. It was going to be 54 holes. Every player would make the cut because there would be no cut. And it was all designed, really, to make golf kind of more accessible and, well, more fun to watch. That That's the thing. It's more fan-focused. Mm-hmm. Because from a viewing experience, I don't believe what's currently available right now is the best viewing experience. No. And I would probably say, I'd go as far as saying, probably most people think that way. Yeah, I will typically sit down and thoroughly enjoy and look forward to sitting down to two tournaments a year. The Open and the Masters. Yes. And the Ryder Cup, to be fair, when it's on. Everything else, like the Genesis Open this weekend, nothing against the event. It's an amazing golf course, Riviera. Tiger Woods basically hosts it. It looks glorious. I watched, and I'll be honest, I forced myself to watch the last... <laughs> forced? 45 minutes I did. I went on the app and I saw the leaderboard. And I was like, oh, that's quite interesting. That's That could be quite spicy. And I flicked it on. Mm-hmm. But that shouldn't be the way that the end of a tournament should finish. It should be so much more coming to a kind of climax. It should be so much more focused on the element of this is the final result. So a lot of these leagues like Saudi Golf League, Premier Golf League, have come up with this kind of concept, so to speak. They're very similar to each other, by the way. (laughs) Come up with this idea that they are designed on making it more friendly for the for the fan well that's the thing so there's been quite a lot of confusion around this and i understand it so they are two separate entities so the premier golf league that we obviously again had andy Gardner on the podcast that's kind of not been spoken about as much for a while really but what has really hit the kind of headlines and we've seen so much more of that's probably 12 months is this saudi golf league or sgl super golf league i'm not yeah. quite sure we do see it as sgl for saudi golf league they appointed greg norman as a ceo and they've obviously had some very in-depth conversations with a lot of the world's best golfers. I think all of the world's best golfers, in fact. And a lot of players very early on, even when PGL was the first thing, a lot of players took either a strong stance on it, someone like a Roy McIlroy. It was over 700 days ago, apparently he said he wouldn't play. Wow. From the off, said, no, yep. not for me. I'm out. I've got nothing involvement in it. My alliance is with the PGA yes. Tour. And I feel like he is very much the PGA Tour's kind of poster boy. I feel like they've kind of maybe got him on side to go, we need somebody to be able to be a spokesman almost for the PGA Tour, because that's what he sometimes comes across as, which is great for them. Yeah. On the flip side, certainly in the last three months, there's been a lot of conversations with players like Bryce Nishambeau. Obviously, we had him on the podcast. Phil Mickelson, Dustin Johnson, Lee Westwood. Adam um, Scott. Adam Scott. 
a lot of players, big named players, some that are still very, very big name in the golf game, and some of them maybe towards the latter end of their careers, maybe contemplating the idea of something new. Well, that's maybe bit- looking at an option to go and move to a breakaway league. Yeah, not saying a lot. A lot of them have to sign these NDAs or these secrecy agreements, but sometimes that has backfired a little bit because it's almost like. They're not saying anything. They're not saying whether they're in or out. Well, the big news that broke yesterday or Sunday, would it be now, was the the, the, the kind of guys that we looked like were almost certain to be in this SGL was Phil Mickelson, Bryson and DJ. They were kind of the three really big names. DJ came out and said, no, I'm not going to be playing. Well, I've got a statement. Go on. Should I read it? It's not too long. This is, this is actually posted on behalf from the PGA Tour on behalf of uh, Dustin. Over the past several months, there has been a great deal of speculation about an alternative tour, much of which seems to be including me and my future in professional golf. So he's kind of like, you know, yeah. just pulling me into this. I feel like it is now time to put some such speculation to rest. Mm-hmm. I am fully committed to the PGA Tour. Yes, and then about, was that yesterday? That was yesterday. A few hours after that, then we got one off Bryson, which says, While there has been a lot of speculation surrounding my support for another tour, I want to make it very clear, as long as the best players in the world are playing the PJ Tour, so will I. As of now, I am focusing on getting myself healthy and competing again soon. I appreciate all the support. So that one sounds very much, literally, if you read it, that if the best players in the world go over to the SGL, I will also follow. But I think what's interesting, I've tried to, over the last couple of months, and certainly the last couple of weeks, and this has really blown up, is think about, for me, as a, as a viewer, what are the, the pros and the cons of kind of breakaway tours? I think the big number one potential con we're seeing so much online about the SGL is obviously this kind of Saudi-backed and the human rights in Saudi and, and that really has caused and you see a lot you see it obviously when the boxing went over to Saudi yeah, or the F1 yeah there is a lot of you know negative feedback and negative noise around that that's going to be something that's going to massively put off a lot of players I think that's one of the things that Rory said as well and why he doesn't want to take part so that's certainly you know a, a very kind of hot topic right now but I think the, the benefit of the potential ideas of breakaway leagues whether it's the SGL the PGL or anything else that comes you know in the future is it's hopefully going to make a better product for the viewer. Regardless if the PGA Tour suddenly then change how they do things and make kind of more shorter events or more fun events or whatever it might be, or if a breakaway tour does come off that's funded by somebody else or whatever, I think as golf fans, it's definitely an exciting time. Um, but what do you think? Well, you, to be honest, you made a really good point just even before when we were chatting. If, and it's hard to say, if Mutz and, be- if Mutz, if Butts and Maybe, this Saudi Golf League, the SGL, was cur- was turned into the Santander Golf League. Yeah. Okay. So completely removed from Saudi. As I know, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Watch now, I'm saying this and Santander's a Saudi company. I don't know. But Let's go Google. Google. Right. Okay. If it becomes the G... The Google. <laughs> GL... G... I don't know. From, uh, oh, yeah, Google GGL. Golf League? Yeah. GGL's got a nice ring to it. If it was the Google Golf League. Yeah. Okay. And the money where it was coming from, because obviously Google have got a fair few pounds. Mm. If it was coming from that, would it be a different conversation? The Golf League I'd be into. Would it be a different conversation? I feel like, well, yeah, there's been so much noise around the Saudi thing. It, my heart would say, yeah, if it was somebody else then, but equally I then think people would still, people don't like change, do they? which you no. understand. And, you know, to a lot of people, the PJ Tour has been very good to them. And like Phil Mickelson has become a multi-multi-millionaire from the PJ Tour. So some of the things he said about the PJ Tour and its greed haven't gone down too well. Well, he's he's really, I think, out of all the players mentioned, he's the one that's done the biggest U-turn. Yeah. For me, he came out of the weekend, I think he did a, a an interview with one of the media in America. I think it was um, Alan Shipnuck, is it, from Sports Illustrated? And he, meant, he went on to say that, I better find the quote, but something along the lines of, basically... I'm doing this to to encourage the PGA Tour to get better, Yeah, basically. He's on about image rights, and he's talking about how the, the PGA Tour have made so much money off his image rights and this, that, and the other. And I thought, that's really interesting take, because you're there very strongly opinionated about what you think about the PGA Tour, but yet you've really just kind of shot yourself in both feet, surely, because you've just said, I've used the SGL as almost a bribing yeah. tool against the PGA yeah. Tour, so you've not only kind of pissed the PGA Tour off a little bit, you've also kind of annoyed 
the SGL potentially. I don't yeah. know the ins and outs of it. Um, so I'm not, he seems like he's really come out very, very outspoken. Um, it'll be interesting to see this talks about suspension. Yeah. From the PJ tour. I, I'm not sure because even, um, Rory had a proper go at him yesterday. Yeah, I saw like, that. He said, I'm not going to have a, uh, not going to kick a man while he's down, but yeah. he was been like, I can't remember the words he used. I'll try and find it now, but it was um, naive, greedy, something along them lines. Yeah, I want to try and find it. So it has been very, very, very interesting. Um, like I said, loads of reports. And I think I, I was trying to find a quote before that would summarize this up, but I'm struggling to find one. I'm sure someone could come up with one or find one. And I, in a weird way, after all the dust settles, and let's say the Saudi Golf League disappears or PGL, whatever happens, let's say these breakaway tours do disappear for the time being, and whether new ones come mm-hmm. back or if they come back with a different plan, I do genuinely think things that test us make us stronger. Mm-hmm. And if PJ Tour look at that, somebody's coming to test them, yeah, to, to to challenge them, and it may have opened their eyes and opened the players' eyes of other possibilities. Well, that yeah. And I think then, because of that, and it's probably opened the fans' eyes to possibilities. Like, I never comprehended, before we talked to Andy Gardner, or talking about what this kind of SGL are looking to do, I'd never even comprehended there could be another option. Yeah. Like, if you now scrapped everything that we know about professional golf. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Golf, tour golf, and had to rewrite the manual again. You would do it different to what's well, out there at the moment. Think about it now, the PJ Tour. There isn't really an official off-season, is there? Obviously, no. some of the better players decide. It January is kind of take a bit of time off sometimes. Some, then but, they'll go off to Dubai and yeah, whatever. And then equally, you don't know when it's certain... Even big events, some of the big names just aren't playing. Then you have the cut, which is... I get the cut to some degree, competitively. It's like quite an exciting storyline on the Friday that you've got a cut. But equally, like, if you have travelled six hours down the road to go and watch a PJ Tour event or the Open or wherever it might be and there's a cut... And your favourite player's not there. That could be quite like disheartening as a fan. Yeah. So there is definitely, I think, types of tournaments that could be introduced where they maybe were shorter formats or, I don't know, different formats. That's the exciting thing with this. It's just whether it's going to be the PGA Tour that take control of this. The, S- the, the PGL are now saying they want to work with the PGA Tour. So they've changed their stance a little bit. They were definitely a competitor, whereas now the Premier Golf League are saying they would sit alongside the PGA Tour for these PGL events. I'm going to come up with the RGL. Rick's Golf League. Yeah. Chipping comp. <laughs> Just going to be six holes. Yeah. Quick six, basically. Yeah. Six holes, six players, six grand. If any Best players, players in the world would be there for If that. any players want to sign up for that, six holes, maybe do it a couple of times a week. No, no, a couple of times a month, sorry. I don't want to stretch you too much. <laughs> Round Marriott, Worsley Park, six holes, six grand, six players. I'm in. Um, serious note, though, right now, I do think professional golf how we view it does need to change though and and i and i do think pj tour may just see this as an opportunity to go yeah maybe we do need to look at changing a few things up or whatever it may be like you say some of the things that you've mentioned there because i, I just when you look at other sports and I, i'll use f1 as an example i know i've got a bit into f1 and you've started to I've watch, watch I've, I've started watching <coughs> the drive to survive and it's definitely opened my eyes to i am itching for the start of the season I cannot wait because there has been an off season. Like I've, That's the thing. I've missed. Yeah, I've missed it, and, and I'm not a big fan. Like, I'm not a real hardcore fan. And I think in golf, if suddenly I hadn't seen the best players in the world play for two or three months, 
I would miss them. I'd be desperate to know who's picked up ridiculous amounts of club head speed. Yeah. Who's suddenly changed sponsorship just before the season? Who's changed caddy, coach in the off season? Imagine the little snippets that you'd see from the different players. I just think that, that we don't get to miss the players. We, we almost have too much of them. Yeah. And then we under underappreciate them a little bit. So and I think the players, I mean, it's obviously up to them. If I think they should have a rest. A bit more. They mm-hmm. should be able to have put their feet up for three But it's also knowing year. when that rest is, because some players may decide to take off some tournaments yeah. so there's others. If there was like a set period where you've yeah. got the four majors, obviously at the heart of it, you've then got, what, 20 other events max? It's 24. I mean, that's still quite a lot, but that would be right. two a month. Finish the season at like end of October mm-hmm. and let them have November, December, January as rest period. Imagine yeah. February now. Or with the new drivers, I just, new irons, I'd just be new ball. desperate to know. Like, and, and in that off-season, I honestly think you'd see more changes, more developments. Yeah. A bit like what we saw with Bryson through lockdown. He came back as a beast. Like, nobody... Bryson did that because he had time off yeah. to do it. A lot of players don't have this time off to change and, and, and really kind of make some significant gains if they wish to. They have to take time off because otherwise they've got to keep playing in tournaments. Well, that's the thing. I said, it, it's it, there's lots of different kind of opinions on this SGL, on the PGL, you know, some for it, lots against it. But it will definitely be interesting, like you said, to see where this goes the next month, the next two months. You know, the SGL may still go ahead. Who I know, knows? There's, there's lots of talk today and I've even seen Rory come out and say, it's like, it's dead. Yeah. That's it. Well, I'm, I'd be interested to see if it is. Yeah. And, it's, and it has to be a good thing. The fact we're talking about it and how golf can be a little bit more fun to watch, it has to be a good thing. Weirdly though, and I, I want to touch on this a little bit, I wonder if because there's been more talk of golf, golf is benefiting now in February. So, for example, we're not going to give loads of data away. We're having our best February ever mm. today on YouTube. Fact. Even on the second, on like the podcast channel, fact. Mm-hmm. When we go down to driving range at the moment, they are packed. Yeah. There's a queue at Trafford every time you get. They in. are packed. That's not a normal. That's not normal February. What do you think? That's because of. I don't know. There's got to be something. There's got to be a, a reason why right now at the moment it feels. And we we track other YouTube channels, and we mm-hmm. everyone seems to be gaining traction, and everybody seems to be doing well in February, where typically February is the worst month of the year for mm-hmm. golf YouTube. Interesting one, isn't it? I, I just think there's something like, is it is it becoming a bit more because of all this talk? Is it getting more time on on a mainstream media? Is it getting more time on Sky Sports News, for example? I don't know. I don't know if yeah. it is, but I just feel like there's sef- definitely something. One thing as well that I'm really keen on seeing, and we we can talk. I can't wait to see what Netflix do with this kind of Drive to Survive series for golf. Well, that's the thing. So I'd never watched Drive to Survive. I'm not an F1 fan at all. Didn't really get it. Wasn't interested at all. Right, you've watched more episodes of that than me at the moment. I'm, I'm, I'm on catch-up. <laughs> but what I found fascinating is how well-connected you get to the drivers, mm-hmm. the teams, the backroom staff. Um, the whole concept of, of F1 is all wrapped up in a really well film, like you mentioned. The mm-hmm. filming is just outrageous, Unreal. and all the little inside the interviews you get, like you get to go to all these HQs and you get to really, you almost feel like a fly on the wall. It's well, incredible. Well, that's it, and you learn these kind of subplots as well. So it's not just about the actual race. And maybe when this comes out because of the golf, and you hear about these subplots, these people that get on, people that don't get on. Like you said before, off off camera as well, like. When you're seeing the guys going into the tour truck dealing with the people, oh, my driver wasn't very good today, or whatever. Yeah. That might get us even more into tour golf. But yeah, as we keep saying from before, I think some some freshness to how we watch tour golf would be appreciated. You know what's mad as well? There was there were some names going around for that that new show. And like Drive to Survive also works for golf, doesn't it? it actually does, to be fair. Like almost you can't really what else could you use? Put for Dell. <laughs> Put for Dell. Um, no, I'm excited to see it. I think it'll be interesting seeing all the players. I mean, even like things like, I know this wasn't a PGA Tour thing, but when Rory last year in Dubai finished the uh, race to Dubai and he, and he ripped open his shirt and stuff, imagine if that was filmed. 
Imagine seeing that and actually getting that raw emotion. That was so weird still. Yeah, I keep thinking back to that. so weird. Like, as soon as they finish, like, capturing those little bit in the locker room, like... They're, like, pushing the camera away. Get out of my face. Like, kicking the locker room and blaming the caddy or going, these greens are terrible or... Like, we don't get to see that. No, it's very true. and, And I'm not sure how much we want to see it. And oh, a I lot do, of, absolutely. There's a, lot, there's a lot of players to cover, and certainly on the PGA Tour, where there's only 20 F1 drivers. Um, but I must admit, I, I wasn't that excited about it when it first came out, but I haven't watched a lot of Drive to Survive. I've watched a little bit of that now, and I'm like, wow, I pictured it. Imagine this in golf, and it's happening. Oh, unreal. It's even things like, imagine the... Um, right, today's podcast has been... I think it's haunted today. It has. Have you ever heard the phrase, couldn't organise a in a brewery that's what Matt he's got all these fancy cameras all the gear all the technical support he needs and he just can't even get the podcast going so well done Matt poor Matt, poor <laughs> Matt. Joke. I don't know what's going on it's like we're haunted today but anyway um, what were you finished on then all I was saying is that I am more intrigued and excited about seeing this kind of drive to survive golf version yes. because I think it's got huge potential and fingers crossed with it being you on something like... And then you open, if anything, you open up more. Fingers crossed, open fingers. <laughs> fingers, Double fingers crossed, bad luck. Well, I'll do one. I don't know. I'm going to do one. That was good. Not my left hand, not my right hand. Fingers crossed, yeah. with golf being on such a platform like Netflix, yeah. it's got to, if it's successful, how many new people may come into golf? Yeah. Like, like you're saying now, you've watched a bit of F1, yeah. and you kind of somewhat not converted fully yet into a fan but you could potentially see yourself doing so absolutely by the way when you looked at me then and people listening this won't be very good so maybe go and click and watch when you cross your fingers had them open like that the way you dressed with jordan cap on and a hoodie you look like you're about to drop the sickest mixtape of this year I just like wearing my cap. You know what? Actually, speaking of rapping, there was a very good Louis Three documentary on last night. Again, another one about the um, Florida rappers. So it was very good. Anyone listening that wants to watch that, I'd highly recommend it. Big well, you fan you of educated Drew. me a lot this morning on. Jamal Edwards. Oh, yeah. That was a really sad story. Uh, massive YouTuber in the UK. Had a huge um, YouTube channel that was instrumental for getting people like Ed Sheeran kind of I so know, well I known. I didn't, know, didn't really oh, know. I, that I was much really about into it. him, yeah. And he, he unfortunately found out that he died, which is terrible. Only 31, Short illness, same apparently. age as me. But a YouTube pioneer who kind of massively um, kind of got well known in more the public eye as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, bringing so, like new talent into the into the rap industry yeah. like you some of the videos you showed me i i can't believe i wasn't into it because i think i would have loved yeah. them back in the day anyway um so i've got some to- i've got some amazing questions from our fantastic podcast group so um i said this before and i'll say it again if you're not a member of the rick shields golf show podcast facebook group what are you doing? Shame And don't say, I oh, don't use Facebook. Mark Zuckerberg's a lizard and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, he is a lizard, maybe. People think he's a lizard. Have you seen them theories that Mark no. Zuckerberg... Never, no, no, honestly. I sometimes think that you're somebody <laughs> that is so, like, down with technology. And other times I think you live under a rock. I'm You've a never boomer. Heard, right, so type in Google, Mark Zuckerberg, you are a boomer. Lizard. I'm, a, I'm an old... Lizard dad, King comes dad of, up. Dad of three. Look how much like, comes up. Like all them like memes and being a lizard and stuff with lizard eyes. Oh, what the hell? Yeah, Mark Zuckerberg is a lizard. That's a YouTube video. Anyway, Mark, you're not a Zuckerberg. If you're listening, I didn't say you're not a Zuckerberg. You are a Zuckerberg, but you're not a lizard. Well, he, he's the guy that made that he- VR headset I was talking about this morning. Well, he didn't need This didn't, morning. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Five minutes ago. <laughs> It felt like yesterday we were talking and about also, that. He, he didn't. He, he bought it. He bought Oculus. Well, but anyway, yeah. we, yeah, whatever. He has made a website, though, called Facebook. Um, have you ever heard of Facebook? <laughs> it's really good. Um, you go on it and you can... What does my mum always say? She said, um, some, what, she doesn't say somebody added me as a friend. She had something she's really weird. She oh, what is she saying? Anyway, um, this is a strange podcast today. <laughs> 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 you can't even get... <laughs> I want to know what she, what she says now. She calls it like, um, she doesn't add me as a friend. She says like requested, not even requested me because that sounds right. It says something really, if I, if I remember it, I'll um, I'll let you know. But anyway, Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Pigeon. Um, he made a website called Facebook. 
basically you can set up a profile that's free all you need is name and email address and once you've got a Facebook account you can join the Rick Shields Cultural Podcast wow. group wow um, there you go <laughs> so we've got some uh, some fantastic fans on we there. have and they've, done, they've asked us some fantastic questions as well so I've picked out five of my very favourite um, the first one is from Kevin he says Rick he didn't actually say Rick but I've added it in for effect Rick would you rather make a great quality content video that gets a million views or a clickbait video with three million views Oh, that's a good question. It is a good question, hence why I picked it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, uh, views are good. Um, I think I know the answer to this. No, I don't know if you To be honest, it. It, I, I, quality video with a million views. Yes. Because for me, if it's a clickbait video with three million views, typically, let's say it's a 10-minute video. But also, what uh, what do we determine? Oh, yeah. Let's, 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 let's actually get this right out of the table right now. Yeah. We get accused. I'm going to... Whap it out of the table. <laughs> we get accused Thinking quite a lot. Picture <laughs> I, I wish um, of clickbait. Yeah, and and I hate that term. Yeah, because clickbait is when you have been tricked, misled, misled wrongly, like absolutely wrongly. You've clicked on a picture, and and picture this in your mind: there's a picture of um, two watermelons on the screen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Talk to me. Keep <laughs> Slight, talking. <laughs> slightly blurred out. You get um, metaphorically. I'm yeah. Like, right? And it's like, never been seen, dot, 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 dot. Right? Yeah. You go in, oh, okay, I'll click on that. Why not? Nobody's home. Click. Mm-hmm. And suddenly... On the headset VR, the melons <laughs> have gone massive. Suddenly, it's a picture of somebody uh, boiling eggs in a, <laughs> in a random kitchen saying, oh, this video is about how you can poach an egg. Okay, yeah. Right. That's clickbait. Yeah, so I came for melons, I got eggs. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Where I think more that what we do is make a topic, a title, a thumbnail intriguing to click, but it's not, absolutely not misleading. Well, that's the thing. There's actually different definitions of clickbait. One of them, which I think is a soft of, is that content whose main purpose is to attract an audience, uh, uh, attract attention and encourage visitors to click on a link. Or a website. So, so I would say that is what we do, actually. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. But, but there's the, then it says on other bits, or otherwise misleading. So the, what, ah. the example I always use to people when people ask me what clickbait, because that's all the time. I'm walking down the street to go to Tesco, and I'm like, guy, you're a guy, aren't you? I go, yeah, I go, talk to me about clickbait. And I, me, I sit him down, so I sit down on the gravel there. And, and I, you pull down like And, and I stand it like a school teacher, and then I put on a notebook. Put on this VR headset, yeah. and I'll talk, talk to you about clickbait. And the example I always use is, Imagine Rick Shields says, I'm quitting YouTube. You click on it instantly. You think, yeah, fucking quitting. <laughs> and the next thing he goes, today, guys, I'm reading a new Pro V1 at the Marriott Worsley Park. That's clickbait. It's pure misleading. So we, we want our titles to be enticing, to be, you know, attractive to click on. But the content has to match. So I think in my eyes with that question, the 3 million versus the 1 million, if it was someone said you get 3 million views for an illegal golf ball that only flies straight or a million views where you play golf with like a tour pro, which is a really nice video, you'd probably say... Three million views with the ball that flew straight. Oh, I thought you were going to say the other way around then. No, because as long as I've... Oh, okay, so it's still real, Pete. It's not like... Yeah, okay. I, th- I think the one time... <laughs> it, it, and, and you don't actually see dislikes now on YouTube, which I don't, I don't fully agree with. I think you should still see dislikes. If it was a three million viewed video, yeah, I think it's probably a better way of dis- distinguishing it, that had a lot more dislikes than likes. Yes. Well, then no, because people have disliked it because it was misleading. It was clickbait, the bad definition mm. of clickbait, right? Or if it was a million v- viewed video with like 99.9% likes versus dislikes, well, then th- yeah. yeah, I'm going for that one. If I can get the 3 million video to 92% likes, I'll take, take that it. every day. Good. Another question there from Stuart <laughs> McDonald. <laughs> It might be controversial, but not intended. When the team sit down to brainstorm to make a new and original content idea, does it annoy you that a couple of weeks later... Oh, sorry, does it annoy you, or do you take it as a compliment when a couple of weeks or months later another content creator copies it or does the same thing but has a twist? For example, the golf bidder challenges and there's somebody else now doing them with a different second-hand supplier. Somebody's ripped off the golf bidder challenges? Yes, I believe so. How dare they? How dare they rip off an idea where people go and buy something secondhand and challenge each other to yeah. do so? 
Because that was a, completely our idea from the from the off. Well, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> I don't know if it was. It was, but it might have been done in another genre. Oh, 100% has been done in another genre. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's the thing. It's like, for me personally, I'll be honest, because obviously part of my role with you is to think of these video ideas. When you see somebody a week later, a month later, two months later, or normally three weeks later or a week later, whatever, copy an idea, it is a little bit frustrating sometimes but it is just because it's a good idea. Yeah. We take ideas from other people, from other industries as well, and to put our own spin on it. So you have to always be looking. I think the one thing when we've taken ideas, we'll typically um, acknowledge the person we've taken the idea from. Yeah, they walk past and we just nod. Right? <laughs> <laughs> just acknowledge him. Thanks for the idea. Uh, no, like um, Cobra, shout Cobra F9S. Yeah. Like, and, and also the rangefinder, uh, the uh, mobile launch monitor. They were oh, both yeah. Simon Smith's ideas. And both times we gave, Simon, thanks so much. Appreciate the idea. I know we're checking the post. from you. But link in the description. I think this is a nod of kind of like, yeah, okay, hands up. This is not my original idea. I stole it from Rick Shields. But it's made a cool video. I'm going to try and do it itself. Yeah. Or even if they were like testing my theory. All right, Rick said this ball went straight. But do I think it went straight? Rick's known to be a liar. So let's see if it works. There you go. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's one of those things. It's YouTube. It's the way of the of the land. Uh, it happens in every single industry. Mm. You know, like you look at Mr. Beast doing Squid Game video. Yeah. So many creators have done Squid Game video. Yeah. But as long as Mr. Beast has made the best one that's got the most views, he's happy. Did he copied Squid Game. Oh, there, you go. <laughs> there you go. So uh, yeah, no, hundred percent. So I think. Um, yeah, I think if it's super, super blatant and there's no kind of acknowledgement, then it's a bit naughty. But if there's a bit of a, okay, yeah, I got this from you, then yeah. I, can, I can live with that. Mac Thomas has said, why do some golf brands struggle to make the leap into the premium category? Cobra, for example, have made great drives over the last few years and now seem like a real premium driver option. Why do other brands um, with great equipment like Tor Edge struggle to do this? Um, probably pedigree. So players using it out on tour mm -hmm. definitely helps. Even though I don't think it influences buying patterns, I do think it influences the perception it of the brand. It drives interest and perception 100%. Um, and then it pricing. Like, Tour Edge, I can't remember the price on Tour Edge, but is it premium or is it not? Well, this I is a difficult think. thing for price. It, it's it's not cheap, cheap, but you can't really win as sometimes a new brand or not even a new brand or a brand that wants to establish themselves as premium because if you charge a premium price point, then why are people going to pay for your brand over the more established brands or more desirable brands? If you charge cheaper to tempt people in, you can be perceived as they're not being premium. Mm. So one that really interests me is at the moment, Wilson is selling their golf ball, the staff one, the tour staff, whatever it's called, staff model, yeah. where they do that raw version and yeah. the kind of normal gloss one we've tested before. It's a decent golf ball. And I'm sure American golf, they're either 40 quid or 44.99. So they're literally right at the price for Pro V1. And uh, speaking to some of the staff of the day, they were saying that they're not really selling any at all because who would buy them over Pro V1, over TP5, over Shrixham? And I agree. But equally, that ball, although I might not buy them, it kind of gets my attention more by being that price. Mm. If it was 30 quid or even 34.99, I would naturally perceive it as being worse, which is maybe bad. What about if it was like £55 a dozen? Well, if it was dearer, then again, that's another, that's another conversation. You might be almost more inclined to buy and say it must be better. We yeah. are a programme like that, aren't we? I think the brand that almost accomplished this feat from the off was PXG. Yeah, because they went so dear. Yeah. But now they've come down again. That's what I'm saying. From the off, yeah. PXG, I'd never, ever, ever in my life as a golfer have seen a brand hit the scene and so quickly become so desirable. Mm. Didn't they? I yeah. mean, from nowhere, like all my mates who played golf for years all wanted PXG. Like we got we got influx with messages from, from fans going, please test PXG, please test, test PXG because... It was that interest, wasn't it? Like people wanted to know if they've brought out a driver that's a thousand pounds, that surely has to be better. Or if it's not, why is it selling for a thousand pounds? In which case, I want to try it anyway. And also, the brand were very brash. Bob Parson was very brash in his in his marketing, coming out and saying this is the best driver. Period. Like that's it. Like no questions asked. Um, but now, obviously, I beg to differ, Bob. But then they've really, really changed tactic now. They've feel, gone much cheaper, haven't I they? I just feel like they've lost the way. I mean, I, I remember last time I reviewed a PXG driver, proper legit one that not legit one. I bought that kind of uh, cheaper one, <laughs> but when they were still expensive, and they brought down the price a little bit, I think they already went the wrong way. Mm. I would love to have seen them, and I don't think it would have done great for the golf 
I'm not saying this would I don't want more expensive clubs, but to make them more desirable, got more expensive. Yeah. Don't go cheaper for them. They should have gone to fifteen hundred pound a driver. But anyway. It is weird though, like you said about how the world's best players can impact how we perceive stuff. But there's so much that goes on because the other day when I was telling my dad actually about that Costco ball, um, and he said, Oh, it's probably wants all the best balls. Like, well, for me, I think it's what I'd prefer to play with. But I wouldn't argue it's the best because TP5 are great or whatever. Yeah. So if you look at the, the top 10 players in the world or, or the household names, there's so many of them that don't use the Pro V1. You look at like John Rahm, Marikawa, Rory, obviously, Xander Shoffley, Dustin Johnson, Matsuyama, Bryson, um, Brooks Kepka. There's a lot of golfers out there. That's crazy, that use isn't it? The, and obviously then you think of the Tommy, all the tailor-made guys, obviously using the tailor-made golf ball, Ricky Fowler. So who's the, who's the highest ranked player that uses Pro V1? Patrick Cantlay at number three. So he's number oh, okay, three in the yeah, world. Yeah. They have still got presence up though. It's not, you know, they still have got and they will have but a lot of tour like, presence. It's pedigree, but, isn't it? Well, but also, it's, just, it's it's the fact that it's so much more mixed around now. So yeah. if, if you were starting golf as a new golfer, like during lockdown, let's just say, and, and now you're really getting into equipment and watching reviews online, would you still perceive Pro V1 as the best? I don't know if you would or not, because you, why would you, if you know mm. what I mean? Yeah, if you came into it more recently well, If you came into well, it now, yeah. you looked at the big names that you follow, there's yeah, such a mix. True. Whereas I feel like, even though those other balls, when I was growing up, it just the Pro V1 marketing the last 20 years has been so strong. Yeah, so consistent. It's hard to almost get out of that golf ball. It's almost a bit like, do you remember when um, Bubba randomly started using Volvic? Yes, that well, was weird. randomly. It was obviously it paid, paid squillions. To play Volvic, and it lasted very small period of time, and he went back to whatever a Pro V or whatever he uses now. But if you look at that, like that's where a brand that's a, not a well-known brand had tried to bring in tour athletes, they tried to get that presence, but obviously it probably backfired, and that probably did them more harm than good. Yeah. Like people now going, oh, I don't really fancy a Volvic yeah. after Bubba didn't even bother using it. I agree. Um, that's crazy. I think this one today might be a short one. I've had some errors. Yes. We have got hopefully a guest tomorrow. Maybe, like without promising, we might release that later this week then as a bit of a treat. Maybe Ooh, two this week. Today's naughty. could be a bit of a... <laughs> naughty! Naughty! Today's been a bit of a weird one. So thanks for everyone listening. Sorry it's been weird. If it might not come across weird, it might come across great, but I feel like it might have done a bit weird today. Either either way, uh, we respect you, we thank you. And we apologise. <laughs> We're really sorry. And don't forget it's Matt's fault. Blame Matt. Uh, if you want to um, tweet hashtag blame Matt, feel free. I'll put it in the Facebook group. <laughs> oh, poor <but> Matt. <laughs> That's what happens when you go to Bingo Bongo. Um, right, guys, thanks for listening. Um, like I say, big guest. Fingers crossed, Touchwood tomorrow. And if we get that boxed off tomorrow with no te- technical difficulties. We'll have it this week. Let's do Friday. it. Little Friday treat. <sighs> yes. That is good. For and if it's weekend. not the Friday, just tweet Rick and say, what happened to your guest? And just pester him. And I'll tag the guest and say, this is what happened. And then Tiger will say, get last Rick. Too busy. I'm not, I'm not answering your phone calls, man. <laughs> That was quite good. Uh, uh, can we get Tiger on, please? Yes. I've messaged him. Okay, good. Thanks. It's like an answered mate, but I've messaged him. Thanks. Okay, let's, let's carry on. Fan. I might write him a rap like Eminem and Stan. Write him a big long rap and just say how much I love him and see if he gets back to me. <laughs> Great. Thanks for listening. Okay. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>